0: Hello, welcome to Horror Call Trash the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we've reached the end of January. We have. A it's, short January this year. It's, it's been a short
1: January, but January as a whole has dragged. Has. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, um, because generally January does drag for everyone, but fucking hell. It's been a long one, hasn't it? It has.
0: But, it has. Oh, we've watched some fantastic films yes no and... complaints that life goes slow <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true um but before we dig into what will be our final episode for January this year and our first new format original versus remake mm. well we're going to d- dive into the first part of the new format of original versus remake mm-hmm. and it's part of our weekly episodes now and it's a section we like to call mm-hmm. what's new with Chris and what is new with Gary what's new with chris and gary yes yes Uh, so what is new with chris and gary well well, i can tell you we watched season two of big boys which deserves a mention now before we dig into the best and worst of the week Mm -hmm. because this if it wasn't for the film we watched this would have been my best of the week because it is phenomenal
1: yeah um i don't I don't think big boys would translate well to America. No. A lot of the humour is very British.
0: It is, yes. It's
1: based on the writer's own life. Mm -hmm. And it's very touching. It's very funny. Very heartwarming. um, Very relatable in many senses. Yeah, um, Because a lot of it is... Him dealing with coming out as homosexual. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just incredibly funny. Incredibly yep. funny. And if you enjoy camp British culture, if you enjoy references to Girls Aloud and Alison Hammond and all that sort of stuff, uh-huh. then it's perfect for you. But also, if you enjoy heartwarming and touching stories of family, found family, and the coming out process,
0: there's lots for it for you as well. Yeah. And also, another thing that deserves a mention before we get into the best and worst is American Fiction, which we watched last week. We did. I watched early, thanks to Screen and Scene at Odeon, and it was fantastic.
1: Yeah, Jeffrey Wright was phenomenal. Yeah, in that get film. Jeffrey
0: Wright that Oscar.
1: Yeah, very, very funny, very entertaining, Um, lots to think about as well, which, yeah. is, which is definitely our kind of thing. Yes. Um, I also personally would just like to give a shout out to a fantastic gig that I went to on Friday. Oh, oh well, well, what can I say? Um, It was a band, local band called uh, Your Ex Boyfriend. That's yours about you are. And uh, for anyone who uh, has... Spotify or Apple Music. I fully recommend giving them a listen. Yes, totally. Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. Like, like I can't give a shout out to myself, so I appreciate you that. You can't.
1: I I was there. Gary was also there, but on, on stage.
0: stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, I finished *The Color Purple*. You did. It was one of the best books I've read.
1: Yeah. No spoilers. Almost, thank you. almost
0: nervous that the films may not be able to live up to it, but we'll, we'll soon find out. Yeah, I am in the process of
1: reading The
0: Colour Purple. So, no, no. spoilers, Gary Cruz. Yes. And I of guess. course, The Traitor's finished. Again, no spoilers for that. Um, mm. But... What a show. That was that was intense.
1: It it was. I was heavily invested. And I didn't think I was
0: going to be. Yeah. So, props to you. Oh my god, and Salt Lake City... Real House of Salt Lake City finished as well. Like, what it are we going to watch anymore? It, it, it's yeah. all over yeah and
1: university challenge will be finished soon as well laugh at that we watch every
0: week yes we do yes we do um,
1: um personally as well i completed uh, legend of zelda a link to the past
0: this is the one that you did enjoy yeah this is the one okay, that guess, i did enjoy guess. that i had
1: started um yeah one of the best games ever i've completed it so many times um, I completed Link's Awakening fairly recently, so I'm going to go straight on to Ocarina of Time, which is the best game of all time. So, super excited for that. Great. <laughs> In that
0: case, let's talk about our best and our worst of the week. Um, I have one for each. Okay. I believe you will have one for each.
1: Um,
0: no. No? I've only got a best. Oh, okay. Oh, am I meant wow. to... oh did we watch something we didn't enjoy? Well, kind of, yeah. Week Oh um, And it would be a good segue Into this episode anyway Okay So our best Of the week Is now Number four In my letterbox of all It is Andrew Hague's Incredible All of us strangers As you know I've read the novel uh, We watched The original film Adaptation uh, And now we watched The latest one And it's the best of the three But It's free for free They're all five stars And this is just Genuinely one of the best films I've ever seen Back to what you we were saying about big boys, very British. I mean, it seems to be hitting off with American audiences, though. Um, This is extremely British and extremely relatable and kind of life affirming, but also absolutely destroyed me.
1: Yeah. Um. God bless you, Gary. You are a crier <laughs> and uh, during films and this one really got you and it got a lot of people. Yes. And I don't blame them whatsoever. It's it's a tearjerker. I don't want to give too much away, um, but it, it is it is a tearjerker. But in the best possible way. It doesn't feel forced. You know how some films are like, you cry, you cry, mm-hmm. you better feel sad about this. Um it, it's nothing of the sort. It was a very tender love story about family and loneliness and
0: the past and all that all that stuff yeah Yeah. it is outrageous that it has not been nominated for any oscars absolutely outrageous that's the biggest crime of the oscars this year i'd say
1: do you think we'll get a random like americanized remake like an americanized version in the future or do they not do that anymore
0: Potentially, mm. potentially, but I mean, this is done pretty well in America by lots of it, critically yeah. anyway. But, um, it's it's one of those I don't know if it's just felt under the release date time, and we're maybe going to see it pop up next year. But if not, then it is a crime, or maybe it was just a film that wasn't really meant to.
1: I mean, it's got BAFTAs written all over it, yes, and it has been nominated, yeah, the and,
0: and the Golden Globes, and they're basically every other award ceremony. It's just mm. it's Perfect acting, perfect writing, perfect directing—just everything about it is just perfection. But I do have a worst of the week as well. Okay. That is Ju-On The Curse Two. Oh
1: yeah. Um. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: That's true. The sequel to the first film we'll be discussing today. Yeah. Um. A sequel that. The second film will be. Oh no! They're the first. Oh, the, first. the first. Yeah. It's it's one of those where it's very much the Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 of the Juan franchise. It's just <laughs> fucking 30 minutes of flashbacks to the film before it. Um, and we watched them on the same day. So we did not need to see that again. Yeah. Um, as good as it was. And then the rest of it is kind of a bit camp and in small parts, but then the rest of it is just like really dull and it could have literally just been added on to the curse, and been one to our film. That's all it needed to do. It's true. It's true. Even then, it probably would have felt it unnecessary. It just it didn't bring anything new to it. It just didn't need to exist. Well we
1: skipped. We got to the point where we were like, oh, okay, let's just skip forward. Yeah. Because it's just a recap. And then the rest of it, I'm not going to lie, I don't really remember much of it.
0: To be perfectly honest. And now there's the perfect segue <laughs> to bring you into today's original versus remake episode where we are discussing all three versions of juan the grudge uh first up we have our poll results juan the curse uh, because this is an original versus remake threesome episode juan the curse received nothing Uh,
1: i don't think it's been watched no i'm not gonna lie i wasn't aware of it
0: Neither was I until the box recently, set was released, which is yeah. mad because I, I love the the middle film, um, which, speaking of, received seventy one percent of the vote, oh, and the American one received twenty nine percent. Yeah. Um. So, with that being said, before we dive in, a spoiler alert is in effect. And she what's your history? Um. Can I be honest?
1: I don't remember. Oh. Had I watched it before Had you met? heard of... No, I introduced you oh, to oh, the Oh, I'd film. absolutely heard of it. Yeah. I'd absolutely heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, the original... Um, the, the, um, the I'm going to say... Because it's due on The, the Curse, isn't it? So I'm going to yeah. say The Grudge, and then The Grudge, 2 past. you on The Grudge is the middle one. Yes, so due on The Grudge, grudge uh, I'd absolutely heard of. And I think I owned at some point, but never watched. Mm. And then obviously I'd heard of the remake being a big Buffy, Cruel Intentions, Sarah Michelle Gellar yeah. fan. Yeah. Um, I'd absolutely heard of it. Couldn't be asked to watch it. Not gonna lie, <laughs> so I didn't watch any of them until I met you. Yeah,
0: on the Curse completely slipped past me, but um, Jean oh, yeah, the, the Grudge. The that was so
1: low budget, I think. Yeah. as Well, I just yeah.
0: Well, the, the middle film, on the Grudge. Was the first J horror film I watched. Okay. So I remember when it was first released on DVD, which actually was about a year, I think, before the Sam Raimi produced film came out. Mm. And I just always remember my dad buying it. And this is when I first started watching horror films. It was amongst some of the first horror films I watched. Mm. And I just remember he couldn't sleep after watching it. <laughs> and not a lot scared him because he watches so many horror films. So I was like, oh my God, I need to watch this. Uh, pretty much had the same effect on me. Absolutely scared the shit out of me. It was... Really? I, yeah, I still say this is one of the scariest films ever made, uh, which shocked me because well, that didn't shock me in my own opinion, but what did shock me was going on Letterboxd and seeing it's actually not that popular. No. I'm shocked. I'm really shocked because I, this kind of... It's part of the big wave of J horror. So you got Dark Water, Pulse, Ring, One Miss Call, um, and then obviously you know you had Korean films like The Eye that are adjacent to J horror. And it was just all around this time, it was a massive hit. All these films dealing with spirits uh, in Asian culture, predominantly Japanese culture, and. I thought this was one of the big ones that everyone loved. But apparently I'm in the minority. For me,
1: mm. um, watching it very later on, I had already seen all the main parts.
0: Yeah, see, that's the thing. I caught this at the right time. Mm. So it was a, it was slowly gaining court status at this time. It had only just became available in the UK. Mm-hmm. Sam Raimi had been praising it. Yeah, in the press saying how it's one of the scariest films he's ever seen. So literally all I knew was that it, it gave my dad a sleepless night. That's all I knew. Yeah. And it, this ending apparently was something else. So when I watched it and that ending happened, I still, I still wasn't prepared for it and I was terrified. And I think that's maybe that nostalgia in place is why it still scares me to this very day. What you've just described mm. is how
1: I was... With the original ring. Yeah. Um, I don't... I feel like the way that both the ring and the grudge are scary Mm. are fairly similar. Yeah. They have a very similar tone. And I don't... You know, spoiler alert. You know, I think if you enjoy the ring, you'll enjoy the grudge. If you enjoy the grudge, you'll enjoy the ring. Because there there's
0: not too much separating them. No, and especially when it comes to the remix as well, because the Amer- I mean the American versions, because as you know from last year's original versus remake, The Ring two thousand and two, fantastic film. Yes. The Grudge two thousand and four, desperately tried to copy The Ring two thousand and two. Yes. Yeah, I I I think
1: there are many similarities to be seen between both franchises originals and the remakes um so i i feel for me maybe preferring the ring over the grudge Mm. and maybe making those comparisons whilst watching paired with the fact that i had already really seen all of the major scares Mm. which isn't that why we watch horror films already being aware of what was going to happen and what it all looked like, it didn't have the same effect on Mm. me as maybe it did you many years prior because you hadn't, you know, it was very fresh and very new to you at that point. And I think that's a huge, a huge thing when it comes to the scariness of films. Yeah. I think if I, what I believe to be the scariest film I've ever seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre Mm -hmm. I went into that film pretty much blind to what was going to happen all I'd seen was publicity stills yeah and a couple of reviews so I thought that was the scariest experience I'd ever had with a film because I was so unaware of what was going Mm -hmm. to happen next yeah whereas with some films because they're so famous and you're coming into it so late you don't get the
0: same feeling no. as if it
1: was completely fresh.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, It's also... I'd say the franchise is a big part of pop culture, just as much as The Ring. Uh, probably because of the American film, let's be honest. Yes. Um, but this this franchise has had video games, TV series, the lot. It's... Mm. You know, we've even got a crossover with Sadako from The Ring. Yes. You know, it's... Yeah. It's
1: huge. It's huge. I think in the West, there's always going to be those comparisons to The Ring. Yeah. Because The Ring, for the West and audience, The Ring came first. Yeah. The Ring was the J-horror film mm-hmm. that really started off the J-horror boom. But J-horror... Has always kind of been a cult thing over yeah. here anyway, which is why these remakes happened. Mm-hmm. And we'll speak about that a lot when we discuss uh, The Grudge 2004. Yes. Um, but I do feel like there's always going to be those comparisons. So I feel like The Grudge, yes, is probably a lot bigger in Japan mm-hmm. than it is in the West yeah. as a franchise. And I don't know, is it still continuing to today? I'm not
0: sure when the last one was, but, mm, uh, but fairly, fairly recent. recently. Fairly yeah.
1: recently. Yeah. Whereas over here, it feels a very 2000s kind yeah. of thing.
0: Well, starting with on the Curse from 2000, let's get into it. All three of these films are directed by Takashi Shimizu. Yeah. Uh, who also wrote the... He created the franchise. Mm-hmm. He created it all.
1: Yeah, it never fucking happens. No, no. Like, that's that's incredible.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, he did um, the short films that Mm -hmm. it's based on as well, which we watched a little earlier. So we have four, 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 four. That may not have been the right amount of fours. Um, How do you
1: like it? How do you like
0: it? And in a corner. Um, So micro-budget shorts that kind of feel like, you know, an example of what's to come. Yes. Turn into a feature film that is very much the same sort of thing. So Takashi Shimizu, uh, he did Ju-On the Curse 2 as well. Ju-On the Grudge 2. um, The Grudge 2 American version. Mm -hmm. Sana, Immersion, Yushikubi Village, uh, Suicide Forest Village, Innocent Curse and more. Uh, He stated in an interview that the inspiration for Ju-On came from his own personal fears as a child from a Japanese Butoh dance group that would paint their nude bodies white and perform. Shimizu found the performance frightening and decided to paint his ghosts white. He also mentioned that the rise in the number of domestic abuse cases emerging in Japan during production of his previous films gave him ideas about the origins of the story. Mm -hmm. Now, Both this film and The Curse 2 were actually shot together as a single feature film. As you may know from what we said previously, only being divided for the home video release as it was considered too long in its original form. That's why we've got the 30 minutes of flashbacks. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's really interesting. There's a lot of interesting culture we will be talking about surrounding the spirits in this film and the ideas that brought it all to life. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's interesting hearing about, you know, the idea of domestic abuse cases emerging in Japan. it's a scary real life thing in itself and incorporating that into this film which i believe is something that's maybe handled a little better as the films go on uh a little sloppy in this first one
1: yes um i think at the heart of so much horror even the monster movies or the supernatural horror films there's a little slice of real life horror yeah And I think it's very interesting that this is very much a supernatural franchise, but its origins really are because of domestic violence, Mm -hmm. because of a murder that takes place. Something very, uh, unfortunately, way too common and very real that becomes supernatural In a a sense, and then becomes Mm -hmm. horror, you know. Um, So I I find that very interesting. It absolutely feels like this director, um, he has, and you know, props to him, milked this idea. Yes. For as much as he can get, he definitely has. You know, and I, 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 I appreciate the hustle, mate. Mm-hmm. You had this, you've had this one idea, and you have made it work. And I'm yeah. pretty sure he's made a pretty penny from it all as well. Uh-huh. So props to you, good on you, mate. Yes, <laughs> from what was essentially a very small short film, mm-hmm. um, has become a franchise. Has become. A real box office success as well. You know, the remake did very well. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about later. So, yeah, congratulations
0: on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was made on a budget of four million, uh, the equivalent of four million dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, straight to video. So, I don't know how
1: much it made. Which is quite high, actually. I'm, with all due respect, it, it, it doesn't look, look like version. It depends on the conversion rate. Like right? Yeah, yes. it doesn't look like four million dollars. Yeah. With all due respect, it's not...
0: That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um well let's get into our first feature presentation. Who? Start this film, makes sure you aware, as they all do, that the Grudge is a curse that is born when someone dies in extreme rage or sorrow and lingers when the person dies. Those who encounter it will die, and the curse is reborn repeatedly, passing from victim to victim in endless growing chain of horror. So, uh these films are presented in an anthology sort of style. I wouldn't say they're anthology films, but the structure is kind of like an anthology. Um I will give you the backstory before we dig in. I've tried to put it in order with the film, but if I get it wrong then don't tell me. No. So after discovering his <laughs> wife um Kyako as a deep crush on her college friend Shunzuki Kobayashi, uh, illustrator Takeo Sayaki murdered her, their son Toshio and the family cat Ma and then deserted his house. The reason that the Sayaki family have a black cat as a pet is because in Japanese folklore it is said that owning a black cat will bring good luck and fortune in stark contrast to their ultimate fates as vengeful ghosts. Yeah, interesting. The anger and sorrow surrounding the murder created a curse that turned its inhabitants into Onryo. So the backstory that creates the curse in this series is strongly reminiscent of the myth of Oax a traditional Japanese onrayo, which means resentful ghost legend. Oa uh, was a housewife disfigured and brutally murdered by her unfaithful husband. She returns to haunt him like Kayako does to Takeo in this film and makes him murder his new lover. According to the legend, a curse accompanies her story, and that those who retell it will suffer injuries and even death. The disfigured aspect of the Unrayo is likely what inspired Sadako's uh, appearance in Ring. Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I I've, we found for a lot of the horror uh, Japanese horror films that we've discussed on the podcast, a lot of it is embedded in folklore. Mm. Um, particularly the, the sort of supernatural elements, things that are very ghostly yeah. and, um, yeah, in- incredibly fascinating. Mm. Um, what was the? film? I'm embarrassed myself now. What was the film where two women are killed and they come back as vengeful ghosts, which is so annoying because it's a fantastic film. Two women. Yeah, the mother and daughter. Well, the 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 mother in law and the daughter. Whilst the
0: husbands at war Was the husband's at war oh Oh, he's a
1: soldier fuck an eventual ghost oh my god it's such a fantastic film it's such a fantastic film how silly of me it'll come to me it'll come to me okay okay it'll I'll let you know in a minute (laughs) um just come to me Onibaba was That's that film I was discussing about Very quick um, Do you know why it came to me So quickly? Because it's a former Podcast episode Yes it is From last year And I fully recommend You yeah. listening to it Because it's a
0: fantastic film I fully recommend watching it That's one thing That was worth mentioning Though, I mean Obviously they're not ghosts In that film um... Are they not? I didn't think they were ghosts No I thought there was An element of the supernatural There is an element Of the supernatural In there But Go back and listen to the episode And you'll find out what it is um, or watch the film. Actually, watch the film and then go back to the episode and enjoy. Oh yeah, maybe I'm getting a little mixed up here with
1: my folklore. We've
0: watched a lot of films involving Japanese. We've watched folklore. a lot
1: of films in general.
0: But it, it does bring me to the fact though that you know a lot of people when you say J-horror they immediately think they immediately think the Ring and they think the Grudge mm. and so on. But it does trace back really far, and you know. Stuff like Anibaba and stuff like Kwaidan, you know, Yugetsu are fantastic films featuring folklore, horror stories within them and are absolutely worth your time. So if you enjoy modern J-horror, go back and look at some of the older ones because they are incredible. Yeah, yeah. So whoever enters uh, the house in Narima, Tokyo, or even those associating themselves as someone who has entered the house... Will be affected and claimed by the curse spreading its influence at the place they die and claiming more victims in the first segment kabayashi who happens to be toshio's elementary school teacher notices his repeated absence from school so he visits the sayake house and uh, leaving his pregnant wife Minami at home which she's probably grateful for because all he keeps fucking doing is asking if everything's all right for the baby <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. leave her alone it's fine she knows what she's doing <laughs> He finds a bruised and cut Toshio, who refuses to speak to him, forcing him to wait for the parents. Kobayashi grows wary of the strangeness surrounding the house as Toshio meows behind him. Um, Toshio's spirit is often heard meowing throughout the film. Not only does this imply that the spirit merged with his deceased cat, Ma, terrifying idea um, as it is, But it also relates to an old Japanese legend where the damned spirits of lost children become strays and as a result, produce a cat's meow. Really creepy stuff. And the creepy kid stick in films can only go so far before it gets a little boring, which it has done in recent years. I think Toshio is one of the creepiest kids in horror films. There is... uh, And I think the
1: appearance, the very pale blue ghost-like appearance the the lack of i i also think the lack of us seeing him alive as as a character it's we're not not too much as established before he dies so it, it, it is yeah very creepy kid
0: Yeah, and even, like, during the scenes where his ghost appears as he was before he died, he's still, like, battered and bruised and stuff, so it's still... Yeah,
1: again, also a very sad story as well, and I suppose that actually does um, lend itself to
0: an uncomfortableness as well. Um, Yeah. In fact, if that's the word. Uncomfortableness? It is. It is word. Sometime later, (laughs) in the second segment, the Saeki house is occupied by the Murakami family. The daughter, Kana, is with her tutor, Yuki. This is her segment. And uh, Kana is obsessed as to whether or not Yuki has a boyfriend. And really, there's not much tutoring taking place. Because she keeps bugging her. She's like, oh my god, you got a boyfriend? You got a boyfriend? Yeah, they're more like gal pals <laughs> yeah. than tutor and student. Kana remembers that she has to go to school to feed the school rabbits. And on her way out, she gives Yuki all the tea about her brother to... <laughs> to Yoshi's new girlfriend, to which he pops out from around the corner and is like, hey, quit talking about my girlfriend. <laughs> um, this is the first appearance of the Kayako noise. So, the strange croaking sound that comes from Kayako's mouth is a result of her husband Takeo repeatedly stabbing her with a box cutter, including her neck, and she's trying to breathe for a broken windpipe. Um, her stumbles also come from the fact that her ankle broke as she was trying to run away from her husband. Um, really dark stuff considering, I don't know. I mean, don't really think about it when you hear the noise. You just think it's a creepy noise, but then like when somehow when you find out about it, it's even creepier.
1: Yeah. I like the idea that the ghosts have been, um, changed in some way or their appearance or their behavior. Yeah. is as a result of the way that they died yeah in that sense because it, it's not like some jolly Victorian ghost no. that died after their head was cut off but their head's perfectly do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's it's influenced by their death which is the whole reason for their existence anyway so I, I like the connection there
0: yeah so Yuki hears it the noise uh, when she uh, she's just sitting in the room. Uh, On her own, waiting for, uh, wait to... Can you do the noise? Can I do the noise? I think so. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. That's what
1: it's like. That's pretty
0: good. That's pretty good. Can you do it? No. Good. We don't need too much of it. (laughs) Um, yeah. So while she's waiting for Kana to go feed those rabbits, um, she hears the noise so she simply puts on her Walkman and listens to some very 90s R&B music whilst having a cigarette in the window to ignore it. Yes. Kayako is fucking fuming about it. She's not having it. So she makes the CD skip. So she's forced to listen to it. Um, The R&B music, sadly not available anywhere. No,
1: I loved it. I would love for that to be available.
0: So good maybe more characters should have just took this method i mean it doesn't help her but you well, it know it doesn't help at all really um yuki has a phobia of cats um she backs up towards kana's closet when a black cat suddenly appears in the house hearing strange sounds from the attic she investigates with a lighter and is dragged away and killed by kayako in very much the style of black christmas
1: oh it's absolutely the uh, the house um House mother, yeah, this house mother, yeah, absolutely the house mother in Black Christmas. Um, it's yeah, a really cool scene. I do wonder it feels a little hokey the way that she's left alone in the house. <laughs> like she needs to feed those rabbits. I know she's a tutor. Like just go with her or go home. But then she starts being nosy around. She's nosy before she even hears a word. <laughs> she's. She's peeking and uh, she's trying to get some tea yeah. on them. I, I, she may have been a spy, we'll never know. Because uh, she's a right nosy bitch,
0: isn't she? she? Is. <laughs> um, well, unaware of the incident, Kana's brother T- Tsush- Tsuyoshi leaves for school to meet his girlfriend Mizuo in the third segment. Tsuyoshi never makes it to school and Mizuo is forced to wait in the teacher's room while a teacher inspects the school once more. There she is spooked by Toshio until she receives a call from 44444444. The Japanese word for four is she. Yeah. And it's pronounced similarly to the word for deaf. Oh. Uh, so there we go. wondering, Yeah. Um, at which point, Toshio appears directly beside her and meows at her. Terrifying stuff. Meow, bitch. <laughs> this is taken from the short film, the four, 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 four yeah. short film, Um, executed a lot better here. Of course, it'll be executed a lot better as the films go on, but I think this is a great scene. Really creepy.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I do. I, I question what's happening at the school. It, I, I feel that some parts the setup is a little confusing for yeah. me. Like why is the school so empty? What you know what what's going on Why do the here? students have to feed the rabbits? Why does <laughs> Yeah, when the teacher's like if she'd forgotten to feed the rabbits, why didn't the teacher just do it? Yeah. You know, it, it's the the setups are lacking for yeah. me, but the results are great. Yeah. Which, you know, gets better. Mm-hmm.
0: And he tries it again (laughs) Yeah Detective uh, Yoshikawa and his aide Kamayo Investigate the mutilated body of high schooler Hisayo Yoshida One of the two students scheduled to feed the school rabbits And uh, they find a human jaw nearby Mm -hmm. Back at the Murakami house Mother Noriko has just returned home When she notices a dishevelled Kana entering her house Again, really creepy stuff until she turns around. um, Her daughter moves to face her, <laughs> showing her without her jaw, and she screams. Oh. Four million dollars. Um, yeah. The year 2000. Yeah. That's, that's all we'll say. The budget's a little low. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, seems... CGI's not great in any of these. No. Again, it progressively gets better, but they're still all a product of the 2000s.
1: Yeah.
0: We cut to black. And go back to Kabayashi's story, where, after accidentally stumbling upon Kyako's room, he learns of her unrequited love for him and finds her bloody corpse hidden in the attic. This is Kyako's segment. Mm-hmm. Her moment to to steal the show. Panicked, Kobayashi tries to escape with Toshio until he receives a call from Takeo. Who in a bizarre series of events Has gone to his apartment Forcefully aborted Minami's unborn fetus Killing her Mm. In shock Understandably like we all were when this happened Mm. He's unable to respond Properly as Kayako's Corpse reanimates Crawling down the stairs and and killing him Now this is the first of three times This happens This is the second I'd rank this second creepiest of when this happened um And I, I fully credit the low budget for that. Uh, It's just, I don't know why this always gets me it's such a terrifying sight, just her crawling down the stairs, like, and the bones cracking. And... Yeah,
1: well, one thing I, I have to, to say, and I probably will say it a few more times, is that we, we just discussed the CGI. Yeah. The most memorable moments from all of these films, the moments that work the best... Have no CGI whatsoever. Yes, Um, they're the scariest. Yeah, because they're also the uh, simplest, Uh simplest, most simple. (laughs) My words today. I remember one of those days. Every so often on the podcast, I just words just escape me constantly.
0: But yes, I fully agree. Mm. Um, Which is why. The whole dead fetus thing is unnecessary. Absolutely,
1: completely unnecessary.
0: Yeah. Takeo carries the dead fetus in the street, hitting it against walls, um, before he is then killed by Kayako, who crawls out of some bin bags and murders him. Yeah. Um, I think the director realised. I think Takashi Shimizu realised after this film, and probably from the positive feedback he got from this film... You don't need something like this in there I I understand why it's in there I understand it's completely for shock value And trying to take things to an extreme level You know A lot of Japanese horror cinema is very extreme Yes This film doesn't require that Mm -hmm. Because like you said It's the scenes without these big elaborate things Without the shock value That are the most effective It's the minimalism that works Yes Which isn't something we usually say with Japanese films because usually they're all batshit crazy over the top, and to a certain extent, this is. But it's minimalism within Japanese horror cinema. This is kept to the absolute minimum compared to other films. This, yeah, this just didn't need to be there. It wasn't necessary. Um,
1: we're we're already. It shocked me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I suppose that was the point, but it, it feels a little cheap. It's a cheap shock. It's um. It's purely there to get a reaction Yeah And it feels like it in the cheapest way
0: Yeah Sometime later The Narima house is taken over by the Suzuki real estate Owned by Tatsuya Suzuki For sale Tatsuya contacts his spiritually aware sister Kayoko to visit the house yes. And in Kayoko segment And she is fucking eating <laughs> She's eating for everyone um, she immediately feels discomfort upon entering and becomes further disturbed after a brief meeting with Kayako. After taking a gulp of sake, Kyoko uh, tells Tatsuya that anyone who wants to purchase the house has to drink the sake. If they spit it out, they should not buy it. This is high camp. It is. <laughs> she just fucking grabs this bottle and starts fucking down in it. No one knows why. And then she explains, and there's even more camp. And just her presence. Top tier psychic.
1: It's giving Zelda Rubenstein in uh, Poltergeist. Yeah, it it's giving, this house is clean. Um, yeah. Somebody just coming in and telling everybody what for. without mm-hmm. the clearest of explanations. She's like, this is this exists because I tell
0: you it exists. Yeah. And she makes a hasty escape from the house and leaves her fucking brother behind. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um. One of the plus sides to Joanne the Curse 2 is she gets her own. She gets more screen time. She does. She gets she her own does. story. Mm-hmm. A while later, her and
1: her refined sake. Yes. Yeah. Because refined, because she says refined sake reacts to spiritual entities.
0: Yes. Okay, In case you ever need to get a ghost out of your house, you know what to do. Just, <laughs> right, see if we've got
1: one. I don't. What would be the British equivalent? I'm assuming Stella. Stella. No, Stella. No, Stella's French, isn't it?
0: That are It'd be a uh, pint that's, of John Smith's, That's uh, uh, getting British person I what they <laughs> say. Um, a while later, Kyoko is informed that the house has been sold to the Katada couple. She decides to check on the house once more and is shocked when she discovers that the wife, Yoshimi Katada, has been possessed by Kayako. And that is Juan the curse.
1: Yeah. Um... It's lacking in places, but I can understand there's something good going on there. There are moments that are really, really good. Yeah. And um, I've said it, you know, to Gary as we were watching it, and I'll say it now. Because, you know, it's a great time to say it. Uh, (laughs) This almost feels like a bit of a sort of a little precursor to the main show. It's, yeah. it's kind of the director saying Here's what I'm capable of doing now mm-hmm. Give me a nice juicy budget mm-hmm. And I can develop this further And I can make it into something that I really want to make it into Because it's got all the hallmarks there Of what will become Juwan yeah. the Grudge Yeah um, But it just
0: needs refining Yes Yeah um, and it, that's what happens yeah. thankfully i like it i i really do i would watch it again i think it's really creepy um and i think the low budget helps with that um i think budget works in takashi shimizu's favor with each of these films um mm. for different reasons and and this one is just so gritty it's almost like a home video um you know it's it's good it's good it's not great. It's good.
1: I feel like it could have been
0: shorter. Yeah, I think the scares are really effective, and I I definitely appreciate it. That's yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say don't watch it. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't, tell, no, I wouldn't no. say
1: to anyone, oh, don't watch it. It's not worth your time. I'm saying that about the second
0: one. It's literally just an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Like yeah. It's yeah.
1: And there's a little. Precursor to what the Grudge would become. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting watch.
0: Yeah. Next up, we have Due on the Grudge from two thousand and two. Again, written and directed by Takashi Shimizu. And you know, you were saying about getting a bigger budget. Mm. Three point five million dollars. This was apparently made for less than the last one. Inflation, perhaps. Um. Within the two years, maybe. Well, inflation would mean it would be more, would it? Yeah,
1: it should have cost more. Of course, that it makes would. it even more. Of impressive. course, it would. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you, Hunt. I don't know where you got the four million from for the first film. I'm not, I i do not think that's accurate.
0: Yeah, I mean, my internet sources may be wrong. Yes. But Who, this who's is your source. Um. Well, I checked IMDb. Oh. And. Oh, okay. And the other one beginning with W, just to double check. Um, but <laughs> Which is fine, Wikipedia is perfectly legit.
1: <laughs> no, it is. I mean, it, it's... I, I, no, I won't get into it.
0: Depends what you're trying to find.
1: <laughs> My, what I always question is, why would anyone go on Wikipedia and lie about something that they enjoy?
0: Because people
1: are sad. Huh? But then, but, yeah, if, if it's being mean about Taylor Swift, I can understand. But I don't think anyone... Um, ooh. I don't think anyone has a grudge against the. Oh! <laughs> I can't think of another word. If anything, they're trying to make it sound better, saying it have the higher <laughs> budget. Yes, yeah,
0: Um. Well, this one made 3.7 million at the box office, which I believe it only received a. a... No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm just about to contradict myself. Ooh. This is the first of the Zhuan films to receive a wide theatrical release. Okay. Further proving your point from earlier on. Yeah. You know. This received a theatrical release, but didn't quite do... I think for a personal conversation earlier on, actually. I don't if this was on the podcast. Potentially. But, um, <laughs> yeah. It just goes to show. This was out there. And it didn't quite do as well as the one where you didn't need subtitles to watch it. So did this get a wide release in America? Is that what you're yes. saying? Yeah.
1: So it did get a wide... So this this Japanese film... Got a wide release in yeah. America.
0: Although I can't confirm if I had a wide release anywhere else, I think it's just America. But I think it's wide as in maybe it may have got other locations as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. Either way, three point seven isn't great. It's just past the budget. Um, but in America, not in Japan. I, <laughs> I. All I could tell you is a wide. field. just okay. Audience. Let's
1: just. I'm. I'm going to. i I'm, I'm going to say. I feel like this film was a success. Yeah. In Japan. Okay. Because we get sequels and we get an American remake. Uh Uh-huh. So I feel like if it was a total bomb disaster, Mm -hmm. then we we wouldn't be sat here with Mm -hmm. a a triple original versus remake threesome.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. It it receives a limited theatrical release in the Philippines. And a theatrical release in the United States of America. So there we go. Okay, there we go. Yeah. And I'm assuming
1: it probably got a few showings here. Um, I'm assuming on DVD because if I remember correctly, it was another Tartan release. Here, no, I, feel like it... I
0: don't think it was. No, it was. Um. Ah, oh, what was it called? What was it called? Because I played this DVD. Death. It was. Um, oh, what were they called? I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out for you right now. They were called Premier Asia. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But
1: I feel like that's where the court status came from. Like uh-huh. DVD rather than a theatrical. I'm assuming. Yeah. What we also, I suppose, need to take into account is the success of Ring. Yes. And. This came out the same year as the Ring remake, mm-hmm. which we all know got a wide release yeah. everywhere.
0: So, yes. Yeah, so Sam Raimi, producer of the American remake, <laughs> yes. helped Sony option the remake rights because of how much of a fan he was of the film and because of how much it terrified him. But, yes, after our fantastic professionalism... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, that it's DVD, all a learning
1: process, isn't it? That
0: DVD... The quality was fucking rough. Um, I think it added to it. I'm Mm. not going to lie. The quality was rough. And it was very nice to watch this in 4K, uh, released by Arrow. Um, (laughs) The original DVD had a dub. Okay. Don't remember it being as bad as the one on the Arrow release. No. (laughs) Where everyone is painfully
1: British. We did so... (laughs) One thing, and we never, we wouldn't usually. No, um I think it deserves a mention. <laughs> with live action films, in particular animated Japanese films, I don't mind a dub because no. they get a lot of very professional actors to do it and it's animated, so it, it works, I think, better. Um, but when you're making notes on a film, um, sometimes it's difficult to keep up with the subtitles. Yeah. Um, so I asked that we had the dub on and it sounded very British. <laughs> it was, uh, it was always like a Jane Austen Hello. adaptation at times. Kiyako, is that you? A little bit Charles <laughs> Dickens as well. Yeah. Hello, is that you? Yeah, I'm just off to, uh, off to market. I'm just off to, uh, off to Tokyo.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's a roughed up. Um, it, do yeah. not watch it with a dub. It's Please. a little.
1: It, it's a little camp. So maybe give it's, it five <laughs> minutes and then go back. Um. Yeah. Cherry, talk about our second yeah, presentation. absolutely. Um, So we get the title card, Zhuan, The Curse of One Who Dies in the Grip of a Powerful Rage. Mm -hmm. And again, this is almost like an anthology. It's it's out of chronological order. Yeah. Which is something I really like about these films. It's a puzzle Mm -hmm. and it's pieced together. And by the end, you have the whole jigsaw completed. and, And you know it all. So we start with Rika. So, social worker Rika is sent by her boss, Hirohashi, to care for an elderly woman named Sachi. Um, she's just a volunteer and she's quite apprehensive about going by herself, but also pleased that she's been yes. asked to go by herself. Um, <laughs> Hirohashi says, uh, It'll be okay. I'll buy you dinner. So. Uh, the place is a complete mess and she finds Saatchi in an almost comatose state with little care being given to her personal hygiene. Rika is a good egg though and gives the place a nice clean. Yes. And Sachi a clean as well. And she doesn't complain about it despite it being maybe not what she expected. Mm-hmm. Um, after being alarmed by a cat noise... Rika soon discovers an actual cat as well as a young boy named Toshio in a cupboard uh he's very scratched and I think a little creepier than the first yeah than the yeah, first I so. one I, I I think the sort of makeup effect is uh-huh. better yeah um which which helps uh, Rika then witnesses sachi being killed by some sort of shadow ghost named Kyako, causing her to faint. Yeah. Um, yeah, the CGI a little better. A little, yeah. Yeah, this is um yeah, a little better. Let's just keep it there. So then we get this next segment, Katsuya. So uh we're introduced to the uh Tokunaga family and consisting uh, consisting of salary man Katsuya, his wife Kazumi, and his ill mother Sachi. So we understand mm-hmm. now that we're going back in time. Yeah. Uh, from what we just saw. Um, Kazumi, much like Rika, finds a black cat and the young boy Toshio creeping around the house. She is seemingly attacked by some sort of entity off screen and she screams. Katsuya returns home to find his wife unable to move from the bed and investigates suspicious noises in the room before Toshio appears. He makes the meowing noises and Kazumi dies. Yep. Kitsuya's sister Hitomi arrives, sees the place as a mess, and can't find anyone apart from her mother, Sachi. Therefore, she decides to just get a start on dinner. <laughs> I, just, I was like, okay, the place is a shithole. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You can't find anyone. Your ill mother has been left alone. Yeah. Okay? This is a moment for concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah? What are you going to do? Just make dinner. So yeah, it's gonna make dinner. Uh, she finds Kitsuya so yeah, and he tells her to fuck off whilst muttering to himself. <laughs> uh, and he says, uh, she had another man, that's not my child, mm-hmm. which is concerning because they didn't have a child. Yes, we then get on to the next section Hitomi. After being chucked out the house, Hitomi makes a call to her brother's home. She leaves a voicemail, and this is one that Rika had heard previously yeah. in the film. So it's all piecing itself together, which I, I really enjoy. I love mm-hmm. these. It's very uh, like memento when you're, you're piecing it together yeah. in your head. Uh, she gets a call in the ladies' room from her brother and gets the famous croaky noise mm-hmm. before seeing the shadow ghost leave a cubicle. Yeah, and she doesn't
0: have any 90s R&B on hand to solve it. No.
1: <laughs> she go- No, she doesn't. She goes to the building security and the security guard goes to investigate. Hitomi sees the security guard being enveloped by the ghost via the CCTV and she runs to the elevator and then to her apartment. Seemingly, she works in the same building that she lives in. Yeah. Which, um,
0: I mean, I work from home. Uh, Well, we both work from home. I can't imagine that sort of environment. It'd be a bit...
1: Yeah, I I try to. I, tried I mean, it'd be, be easy better.
0: getting it getting to work, you know. But... Yeah,
1: you'd have no excuse for being late. Um, also, I'm not being funny, but this shadow ghost. Yeah, did not wash her hands after leaving that cube. No, she did not. So, this pure <laughs> this poor security guard, has <laughs> got pissy hands all over him now. <laughs> uh, we see Toshio appear on many of the floors. As yeah. uh, Hitomi is going up in the elevator. Absolutely iconic imagery. Fantastic. And and something that maybe he wasn't able to do in the original. Yeah. In the curse. Mm-hmm. And being able to do something like this. And I'm assuming the extra budget or the the time has allowed uh-huh. this to happen. Because it looks fantastic. It's a great scare. Um yeah, really I mean, top tier.
0: Even, I think, even the uh, the ghost and the security guard, that always made me feel a little uncomfortable. Mm. Like, I always thought that looks really fucking good. Yeah. Um, but the Toshio scare is just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it looks great. Yeah, again, it's done in the next film and it was used in the marketing for the next film. And I'm not surprised. It, yeah. It, it should be. It's really, really great. Scare. I do.
1: It annoys me and it happens a lot. It happens mm. a hell of a lot. When the really juicy, really good scares are wasted on the trailers. Yeah. I'm talking, oh, The Nun 2. Yeah. Um. What was the, the one? The only good scenes in the film. What was the one that's a complete... rip? Oh, that, no, that was The Nun. Was that the original Nun? Which one's the rip-off of The Exorcist
0: 3? The original Nun.
1: Yeah. yeah. All the good scares are ruined in it. So yeah. you know what's happening? Oh, Smile. 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 Yeah. Smile. Yeah. yeah that was that was ruined that yeah. that scare that would have, that would have been a top tier all-time yeah. jump scare um and if you haven't seen it don't watch the trailer yeah. beforehand but go yeah. watch the film because it's very good um she gets a call from her brother who then appears at the door but disappears when her opens the door scared she gets under the covers and watches a wildlife program on TV <laughs> but the TV soon malfunctions now petrified she feels something under the sheets and finds a rather blue, uh, finds the rather blue face of Kayako with a Claudia Wilkman fringe. Yeah. And uh, the time for talk is over. The time for talk is over. Um, yeah, we were talking about the elevator scene. This is top tier. Yeah. This this is, and it's a shame because I was aware of this one, uh, but this is the one everyone talked about.
0: Yeah. This...
1: The creepy woman. Yeah. Under the sheets. Um, I mean, it's nightmare fuel. Yeah, I I think so many, be- and it it's surprising we hadn't seen it before mm-hmm. because it's kind of a nightmare many people have probably had. Yeah, somebody under the sheets with you that you don't know. Well, and then you lift them up, and there's there's Claudia Wincombe in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it's based on the old Japanese urban legend of the girl oh. in the gaps. Ghost, which is said to enter our world only through small gaps in the real world. Ah. So I assume that's the same one that's on that famous YouTube video from that show where Japanese people react to random clips. Mm. I've never been able to find out what the show is. No. If anyone knows, please tell me. Um, And it it looks like a game show set up, but they're all sitting around watching these clips. And it always used to scare the shit out of me because was this clip of... The train station, and then you look between the gaps of the train and the station and um, the the track. Mm. And there's a girl there just looking up. Oh, wow. So I believe that must be based on the same yeah. sort of legend.
1: Yeah. That's almost cat-like as well, isn't yeah. it? Cats being able to crawl mm-hmm. into small spaces. Um. So, yeah, after that legendary scare... We then have our next section uh, Toyama. So Hirohashi turns up at the Tokunaga residence and finds Sachi dead, and Rika comatose in the corner of the room. He calls the police and Detective Nakagawa and uh, Detective Igarashi discover Katsuya's and Kazumi's bodies in the attic. They later learn of Hitomi's disappearance and the death of a security of the security guard at the workplace. So, looking at the history of the house, they discovered that several years prior, Takeo Seiki murdered his wife, Kiyako after discovering she was in love with another man. He also killed the family cat, Ma, and his son, Toshio. So, the murders created a curse that revives the family as vengeful ghosts, with Kayako's ghost murdering Takio. Whoever enters their house in Narima, Tokyo, is eventually consumed by the curse, which spreads to the place they die in, and in turn consumes anyone who comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, is it's? I think it's interesting. Uh, obviously, it's it's the same curse as the original film. Yeah. Um, the idea that this curse then spreads to other people in other people's mm-hmm. homes. Or where they die, yeah. Um, obviously many, many, many years before, but it's almost like a pandemic. Yeah, it's um like COVID really, yeah. or um. So I find it it's interesting, mm. and I, and I don't know if because obviously it's based on folklore, but if there's maybe yeah. some real life pandemic mm-hmm. or disease sort of based. Around that as well, yeah. you know, that's been incorporated into this. I think it's very interesting. Um, so the detectives they contact another detective who's retired, and his name's Toyama. Uh, he's afraid to revisit the case. So he he was part of the murder case, and he's scared to revisit it. Um, they inform Rika that Toshio, the boy that she saw. And identified from a photograph Is missing yeah. So he His body was never found Um, But he would be A fair bit older Than how he's appeared to Rika mm-hmm. So Rika obviously Said he looked exactly like the photo But he would be older now Yeah, So he wouldn't look like that So Hirahashi dies And uh, his body is found And Rika is visited By her two new ghost friends And So she's being haunted now. Um, Love the really cool image of them watching her in bed. Yeah, yeah. As she peeks from under the covers. And I feel there's a painting, maybe, Mm. um, that's very similar to this.
0: Yeah. It's scary because it's so still. Mm. Um, Like...
1: It almost looks like a painting. It does,
0: yeah. Like, Toshio... It's kind of so casual with the way he's sitting at the bottom of a bed. Mm. And, you know, it's, it, it's almost, it almost looks like CGI for Kayako with mm. the way she's leaning over, but it's not, it's, it's actually her. And yeah, scary stuff. Does Shio and
1: um, his mother kind of reminiscent? And, 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 and it was, it was never meant to be scary, you know that old advert that creeps you out of the the Kleenex Japanese yes. Kleenex advert. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe it's kind of reminiscent of that yeah, as so. well? Yeah. Because the rumor was that there was some sort of curse linked to mm-hmm. that advert, and it has quite. It, it's a very strange advert, especially for Kleenex. Yeah. Uh, if no one's seen it, YouTube it. Yeah. Um. Because it's it's quite creepy mm-hmm. as well. So it's always reminiscent of that, I found. Um, I, I, I don't feel like that's deliberate, but no. um, I thought it was interesting. Um, so Toyama goes to burn the house down, but here's a group of teenage girls upstairs. One flees while the others are consumed. The girls appear in quite bright light, mm-hmm. while the rest of the house is in darkness. Yeah. So we get the idea that they're not real. They're, they're supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Then Kayako appears and crawls down the stairs before chasing Toyama away, but killing Nakagawa and Irigashi, I- Igarashi when they appear yeah. to uh, uh-huh.
0: figure things out. So
1: this is, would you say this is the most
0: scary? You no. said uh, no, no. The crawl later on.
1: Oh,
0: also another crawl. I see yeah, with I Rika. See. Yeah. So this is interesting. This whole the teenage girls thing. Yeah. Is done in the Grudge Two, the American one. Okay. Rather than the first Grudge.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not not featured in the remake. It's not no. No.
1: Um. So next is Izumi. So, we learn that Toyama eventually dies, and he leaves behind a daughter named Izumi. As a teenager, Izumi went to the house with her friends, but fled when her friends were killed by Kyako. This was the event that Toyama witnessed in the past. Yeah. Izumi's other friends are concerned that Izumi doesn't appear in any of the school photos. Izumi is wrought with guilt for abandoning her friends and becomes increasingly paranoid and unstable. We learn via the news on the TV that a body has been found, presumed to be the body of Rika, who is missing. So we know that we're pretty much way into the future Mm -hmm. now. And again, we're trying to piece things together. So in an effort to resolve the photo issue... Izumi's friends get some photos developed and visit her, but they soon discover that Izumi and her dead friends have their eyes blackened out in the photos. Yes. Come on, final destination. Come on, ring. Ring, yeah, no, of course. Izumi encounters a vision of her dead father and then discovers the ghosts of her friends watching her. She is cornered by her dead friends, only for Kayako to appear and drag her into damnation. Yes. Now, next up, Kiako. So uh, it's all going to get pieced together. So we cut to recap, who has now moved on with her life. She's got a new hairdo Mm -hmm. and she works at a hospital. And she's still being haunted by her past, though. Yes. Uh, She sees Toshio under the table at dinner. And she dreams of cats filling her room at night. Mm -hmm. Which I don't think is a nightmare. Great thing. that lovely. I'd it. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, Really cool scene here. And another iconic one yes. that everyone knows of uh, Rika in the shower
0: mm-hmm. and being grabbed, her hair being... Well, it's not even a hair being grabbed. It's a hand coming out of her head. Well, it, no, it's not coming out of her head. It is because the fingers are out the back of her head. Like the way it's facing, the fingers are coming it? out. Of, yeah, they're coming out of the back of her head. Do you think? That's what I've always seen it
1: as. I've always seen it as, like, almost like the hand's going to help her shampoo her hair. No, like, it's grabbed, that's, like that's out. scary
0: movie four. Is that?
1: <laughs> or does it actually, I've never yes. seen, oh, okay. Have <laughs> any ever seen the first scary movie?
0: Um, Yeah, just uh, for reference. So you can see, we have Google Images up right now. So is the hand coming out? or The going hand in? is coming out. That's off. the remake, though, isn't it? No, that's the original. Oh, that's original. the original. Yeah. the hand Oh, okay. Out oh, wow. Which is even more terrifying. Like, yeah, that is creepy, Just the I- idea of a hand coming out of your head, you know, that's horrible.
1: It is, yeah. No, yeah. It's, a, it's a very creepy image. Either way, it's a very creepy yeah. image. Um. So Rika's friend Mariko is an elementary school teacher. And she pays a visit to sh- to, to Shio who is registered as her student but has never shown up for class. She calls Rika from the home and the sound of cats in the background sends Rika racing over to save her. But unfortunately for Mariko, it's too late. Yeah, Kyako's ghost comes after her and Rika witnesses Kyako briefly take on her appearance in the mirror and then grab at her face in the same way others have grabbed at theirs. Yeah. So there's this connection between everyone who has been cursed um that they sort of obviously we're on a podcast so mm-hmm. I can't really uh show you but they grab at their face yeah. so there's a connection yeah. here between them so uh she realizes that she's doomed to play out the curse and the same and and in doing so the same fate as Kyako. With Toshio watching from the banisters, Takeo's ghost descends the stairs and kills her. So this is the one. This is the one that
0: um, completely disturbed me when I
1: first. So this is Takio Ke- descending the stairs. No, no, no. Not um, well,
0: it's it's both because at first it's Kayako. Mm. So when she goes there to the house, Kayako comes down the stairs mm. in the body bag. And, mm-hmm. Um. Takako Fuji, who plays Kayako uh, in all these films, she is... In all of them? Yeah, she's a ballet dancer and a trained contortionist. Mm. So she did all the unnatural and seemingly impossible bends, snaps, and jerky Ah. movements um, without any CGI or special effects whatsoever. Ah. Um, bend and snap works every time. Yeah, it does. Um, Yeah, this scene is just haunting, like... Just her because like I said, it's done in the curse, but here it's done so much better. It's like the film knows this is the scene, this is Mm. the one, and it takes its time, the sound effects are on point, she looks terrifying, she is completely covered in blood and with the body bag still attached to her. And And reminiscent
1: of Ring. Yeah, you know, reminiscent of that, having that key scene with the creepy girl. Descending the stairs or coming
0: out of the TV, yeah, yes, yeah. and then having uh coming out as well, mm. it's just it's really disturbing. Do you prefer this film to Ring? They are just about on par for mm. me. I think Ring maybe edges it ever so slightly, but they're about on par.
1: Because I would, I would never say it's um, what's the word that Madonna used? Lady Gaga. Is it derivative? <laughs> is it, well, what's the book? <laughs> oh, uh, red, oh, Reductive. 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 Is that a compliment? Look it up. Look it up. I would not say it's reductive. I would in that way. say
0: that Pulse is scarier than both. Okay. I mean, Ring is maybe the best film. And then The Grudge. But, but I'd I, say I d- scares. Yeah, I'd say pulse is the scariest.
1: But would you say there's an influence there? Oh yeah, you yeah, know, no, because absolutely. E- even Ju-On the Curse was yeah. two years after, after Ring. Ring. Yeah, no, definitely. 100%. So I feel like it, it's highly, you know, the same way that Friday the Thirteenth influenced yes. so many slasher yeah. films.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely.
1: I don't think it takes away from it, no, but
0: no. Halloween and Black Christmas,
1: you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So, in the deserted Tokyo streets, many missing persons posters lie on the ground. Rika's corpse, now with a much longer hairstyle, similar to Kyako's, lies in the house's attic, only to reawaken with a death rattle. And that's due on the grudge. Yeah, Um. like I said, I think it builds on a lot of what the original... Yep. Was going for or wanted uh-huh. to do. Um, and I think it does it successfully. Absolutely. I enjoy how the film plays out. I mm-hmm. like that it's almost like a bit of a puzzle. Um, I think the creepy factor is still just as good as, yeah. as the curse. So I think it kept a lot of what made the curse work. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, built on it. You know, I, I think it was very successful.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I truly believe this is a horror masterpiece and one of my favorite horror films and one of the scariest films ever made for me. Um, again, you know, it could be nostalgia talking, but I think yeah, it's just amazing. I love it. Yeah,
1: like like I said, I I think for me being aware of the majority of the scares beforehand. Mm-hmm didn't help. Yeah. Um. And also being such a big fan of The Ring, and that sort of being maybe my nostalgic J-horror film, Uh I I think, you know, is where we differ in that sense.
0: On to the final film, we have The Grudge from 2004, again directed by Takashi Shimizu. He was eager to work on a remake of his own film as he saw it as an opportunity to improve... And fix some of the perceived problems and flaws that were present in the previous film. Um, That doesn't happen here. Yeah. I mean, it happened with the previous one. Yes. That, that fixed a lot of what was wrong with the curse. Um, less successful than the American one. I don't... It, it, is he
1: trying to do that? That's I what think. he's trying to do. So he's trying to fix some of the issues or perceived issues with Juan the Curse. Yes. Uh, Juan the Gros. Well, I mean,
0: technically, yeah. Both, both. really. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. I feel there's a point where an artist needs to take a step back and say, okay, this this is as far as I need yeah. to go with this. It, yes. Um. Get your payday, mate. You know, and I'm sure yeah. I'm sure he got a lovely payday for it. But if that was his intention,
0: unfortunately, that, that doesn't happen. No. It's written by Steven Susco, who did Unfriended, Dark Web, Texas Chainsaw 3D, wow. The Grudge 2, How Fast Beyond the Reach, High School, and Red. Not that Red. I'm assuming Oh, which red then? Just a random film called Red,
1: as in Red for Phil, for not Red Helen Mirren. Red. My hair is red. Oh. Red, R-E-D. Oh okay. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, I assumed that him as a American writer just mm-hmm. wrote the Americanism.
0: I think so. I mean, majority of it is just the last film. Just the dialogue, um, I suppose, white people. maybe. Um, yeah. Unlike the other Japanese horror remakes, like The Ring, Dark Water, Pulse, and One Miss Call, please don't put yourself through any of those other than The Ring, um, this was the only film out of the audioverse that actually remained in Japan instead of moving the story to America. Which, which? has its pros and cons.
1: Yeah, which on paper sounded really good Yeah I'm like, oh my god, I really appreciate that Yeah But in practice, it has many
0: flaws It does, it does Made on a budget of $10 million And it made $187.3 million Mm. at the box office This film was huge Yeah To the point that The Grudge 2 was greenlit on the Monday After the box office success of the first weekend um, which was apparently a surprise success. Really? Yeah. Didn't expect it. Oh, okay. This one's camp. Uh, so here's before we go into the film, here's a bit of camp trivia okay. to get us into it. Before filming, the cast and crew went through a ceremony where they were blessed so that nothing bad could happen to them filming. Camp. There's a little camp. That's it, high camp. Yeah. <laughs> so, time for our third and final feature presentation dies in a state of terror. A curse is born. The whole time I was in that house, I felt something was wrong.
1: Once you see it, you can never forget.
0: Once it sees you, you can never escape. We know already the grudge is a curse that is born when someone dies in extreme rage of sorrow uh, or sorrow and lingers when the person dies. And those who encounter it will die and the curse is reborn repeatedly, passing from victim to victim in an endless growing chain of horror, as we're reminded at the start of every film. So we start with college professor Peter Kirk, played by Bill Pullman. Yeah. Big name. Yeah, fairly big name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Frozen south of a balcony. Whilst his wife, Maria... Camp icon Maria does her best to look shocked. She's trying to oh, bless yes. <laughs> it, it. It. Yeah. Um. In 2001, Kayako Seki, uh, a uh, housewife in Tokyo, is in love with Peter, obsessively writing about him in a diary. Her jealous husband Takeo discovers the diary and believes Kayako is having an affair. In a fit of rage, he brutally murders her, their young son Toshio, and the pet cat Mark. After Takeo hides the bodies in the house, Kayako's ghost hangs in with her hair. After receiving a letter from Kayako, Peter visits the Sayaki house only to find her and Takeo's corpses along with Toshio's ghost. Shocked and horrified, he flees the scene and commits suicide the next day. Now, a lot of that we don't see until later on, but yes. that's setting up the story. That's mm-hmm. where we're at. The remainder of the Sayaki family rises again as restless ghosts due to the curse, notably Kayako, who appears as an onryo. In 2004, Yoko, a care worker, arrives at the house to find a dementia-ridden Emma, played by Laura Palmer's mother, yes. Grace
1: Sabrinsky. Yes, queen. Um, in a role where she doesn't utter a
0: single word. She doesn't words. say a single word. Um, or she's... a scream. She's a no. great screamer. Yeah. She's alone, and um, before she encounters Kayako, who uh, drags Yoko up into the attic, yeah,
1: style of Black Christmas. So, Grace Zabriskie, I'm just going back a little bit, yeah. She's given Jean Slater, she is. Um, I love it because she's got that short, choppy hairstyle that older actresses loved yeah. in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about Susan Sarandon in the Banger Sisters. Jamie Lee Curtis in Freaky Friday, yeah. after she got her little makeover. Uh, Annette Benning in general,
0: loved uh-huh. that
1: haircut in the early 2000s, yeah. so I'm living for
0: it. She's kind of that older lady in 2000s horror films um, that's played by a well-known actress. But unlike the other ones, like uh, Faye Dunaway in The Bye-Bye Man, she doesn't say a single word. Not a single word. Not a single word. Um, we're introduced to care worker Karen Davis and her boyfriend Doug. Who looks suspiciously like the boyfriend from The Ring. <laughs> he has that hair, doesn't he? And was never a character in the Japanese film. No. How convenient. Um, Karen Davis, played by Mother Herself, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. A legend. Yeah. Cece. An
1: icon. Um, Catherine intentions yeah. daphne daphne yeah just a millennial queen. helen shivers yeah just what what an icon um
0: this is her worst film no no no, no. that's probably um premonition oh, i don't well, i've never seen good. that i think that's a remake of an asian film oh. yeah um Sam Shall Gella starts off like a queen, as she means to go on. She sets the clocks forward an hour so she can get a decent dick appointment before <laughs> a dog has to leave. It's true. it's true. Um oh my god. The girl is not allowed to slay, apparently, in this film, is oh. in a contract mm-hmm. because she dons an ugly fucking jumper with the biggest fucking collar I've ever seen. And It even bothered me when I first watched it. Oh, it's awful.
1: It's so beige. Her wardrobe
0: is incredibly beige. The big finale, her big moment. She does it in jeans and a nice top. Yeah, Not even a nice top.
1: Nice hoodie. Like a weird, yeah. Very thin, (laughs) grey hoodie. I mean, thankfully,
0: her presence slays as it is. We don't need the outfits as well, but it would have been nice. Concerned about Yoko's disappearance, her employer, Alex, played by Ted Raimi, conveniently in a film produced by Sam Raimi, sends Karen and the ugly jumper to take over the care of Emma. At the house, Karen discovers Ma and Toshio sealed up in a wardrobe and later on witnesses Kayako's spirit descended from the ceilings to claim Emma. Somehow the CGI is worse than the last one. But, Mm. you know... Um, so Alex, Emma, Karen, Dog, the whitest people you know, just here in the middle of Japan. Yes. Um. I don't know why <laughs> these conveniently all these white people come together in Japan. This and and this <laughs> this is
1: ultimately one of my biggest issues. Um. With the film is that these Western um. As these Americans yes. are in Japan, but they haven't assimilated in any kind of way. No,
0: um,
1: but they, they haven't. They the Bill Pullman character I think is a little more fluent, but the other characters don't speak Japanese. No,
0: um, one of them is uh, coming up. It's a
1: massive inconvenience. For massive her. inconvenience. They don't understand the culture. But it's never really explained why they decided to yeah. live that apart. I think I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I heard Karen said once, oh, it's such a beautiful country. She did, like, yes. That's why she knows she a lot. But she, then she... Not the
0: language, but she knows a lot.
1: <laughs> but then I questioned, I was like, okay, then then, and then if you're going to force her to have a boyfriend, give her a Japanese boyfriend. Oh, but then she just speak Japanese to, to share A little bit, a little bit. yeah. But I don't feel like these characters have assimilated to the Japanese culture enough within the film to warrant their existence. Yeah. Apart from the filmmakers think that a Western audience wouldn't be bothered with subtitles. Exactly. Like, that's essentially what the film's saying. Yeah. They're too dumb, so we have to... Shoehorn in American characters so that we don't have to rely on subtitles throughout the whole film. I
0: mean, sadly, how many times have we heard people moaning about subtitles?
1: Exactly. You know. You know. We we. It, I mean,
0: look at how much it made. It kind of proved this point.
1: Yeah, I've well exactly because I can assure you, if they had, and this is very similar to you on the Grudge*, mm. um, almost scene for scene in, at times. If they had just had a wide release in many cinemas for the original film, Juan The Grudge, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have made that amount of money. Yeah. And, okay, maybe I sound like a snob when I say this, but there, a lot of audiences struggle with subtitles. Uh-huh. And they miss out on some... What's um the famous quote? Um famous quote isn't it and, mm-hmm. uh, if people just got over the, oh yeah 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 the, the subtitles that yeah so many wonderful films for uh-huh. to see you know i've met lots of people that refuse to watch black and white films yeah i, I won't get too much into it because i will sound like a snob but i just it the problem is now it renders this film completely pointless yeah so my investment is gone because I'm like, well, why, why Sarah Rochelle Gallaudet there? Like, what is yeah. the reason for this? Apart from people are too lazy to read the subtitles. Not yeah. too lazy. Not too lazy. But people are reluctant yeah. to read the subtitles. Like, it may mean
0: being PC. <laughs> Well, lucky for you, even if there's no investment to be had, there's entertainment to be had, especially when we get a flashback to the Williams family from America, moving into the Sayaki house. Matt is the whitest character from any film you'll ever see, and I feel like it's played up here. This film is goofy as fuck. It is so goofy, and Matt is one of the reasons as to why. He's thrilled with the house. Who so goes in. Jennifer, his wife, Claire Duvall, yeah, uh, And his mother, Emma, of course mm-hmm. uh, They're uncomfortable Like, Emma is in a room Looking possessed mm. Like, there's clearly something not right in this house And he's like, wow, gee golly, guys Oh my god, what a great house um, It's fucking hilarious Real estate agent, showing them around Goes into the bathroom Where the bathtub is filled with dark water And he's attempting to empty a fucking Toshio pops up Like hungry hippos for a jump scare mm. And then Matt literally pops his head round the corner And he's like, oh wow, what a great house We'll take it <laughs> like, Are you fucking serious? <laughs> and it's things like this Where it's like You kind of made it too easy for Scary Movie 4 To, to mock you <laughs> <laughs> It's true Do you see what I mean though? see like these little things like Matt being so oblivious to this obvious haunted house It's so goofy it, it, it is. It is. It, it's a
1: cliche. Yeah. Um. We've seen it time and time again, though, in cinema.
0: Yeah, and, and this couple, they're fucking unbelievable. They, they're quickly consumed by the curse. Of course they are. Jennifer is horrified by the idea of not being able to buy food with English labels in Japan.
1: Yeah, she, she was firstly horrified at the idea that she should take off her shoes in yeah. her own home. <laughs> And then she's shopping and she's struggling to assimilate to the uh, Japanese culture. She she buys um, a noodle meal. Instant ramen. Instant ramen. And she's not sure what's in it. So she opens it
0: slightly. Well, she pokes a hole sniff. in it. <laughs> yeah. She pokes a fucking hole in it in the it supermarket sniff, and sniffs yeah. it. Um, not that that matters because she prepares it falls asleep on the sofa, and then one of the spirits <laughs> knocks it over before lowering upstairs and locking her in a room. She blames Emma. For of course, it. she does. Yes. Um,
1: yeah. I just, it's interesting this idea that she's struggling in a country. Hmm. Um, she's struggling to assimilate to the culture. I mean, it is something we have seen. It's an interesting aspect. To a character that we only get five minutes of. Yeah. You it's know, been it's much better in a film. Way.
0: Yeah, It's done much better in a film called Watcher. Go, go watch that. Yeah. Or the, the final two episodes of Texas Sex and the City. Matt comes <gasps> home to find um, to find her in bed and unable to say a word. Toshio pops up for another jump scare before opening his mouth at the camera to kill Matt off screen. Uh, fast forward in time. Alex arrives at the house and finds Emma dead and Karen in shock. He calls the police, who arrive with Detective Nakagawa in the attic. Nakagawa and his partner, Igarashi, find Matt and Jennifer's bodies, along with a human's lower jaw. So Nakagawa uh, visits Karen in hospital, who is now out of shock, and has some questions for her. Um,
1: Why did you decide to wear this outfit?
0: that and also he says um you said the boy had been taped into the closet and she was like i'm sarah michelle Geller, bitch i fucking brought him out of the closet no. <laughs> so, that's right and there was a book a journal and she and he says it belonged to the boy to which she says and i shit you not for, i can't believe this is the second time we've had this on this podcast she says i don't think so i think it belonged to a woman the writing looked feminine Shut the fuck up, Sarah Michelle. What are you talking about? What does feminine writing look like? Ask fucking the stars of Evil Never Sleeps <laughs> as well. Two films that <laughs> stupid dialogue has been in. Feminine handwriting. Gender in handwriting. Unbelievable. Poor Sarah Michelle Gellert. She's given such a fucking dull and bland character to play. And she does her absolute best of it. But oh my god. This character's awful. Yeah, yeah. Nakagawa shows her the photo from the previous films uh, that's found in the house and she points out that the boy is Toshio. Karen tells Nakagawa that she felt something was wrong from the moment she entered the house and he gives her some backstory. Meanwhile, Matt's sister Susan, played by Katie Strickland, is pursued by Kayako around her office building. So this is very much the same as the previous film. The security guard and the ghost and so on. The lift. So Shio watches her from multiple floors when she gets in the lift in her building. Not in the same building this time around. Um, still just as good as before. Really great scare. Mm. When she gets into bed, Kyako attacks her from under the sheets and she vanishes. Oh, now, previously okay. I told you about how this is based on a Japanese legend. Mm. In this film, Katie Strickland and Sarah Michelle Geller jokingly talk- spoke about how Susan's death scene uh, has lesbian undertones in it. Because of Kayako hiding under the covers of the bed. Oh. Hope it's true. I hope so. (laughs) Karen is on the bus with Doug when Kayako... (laughs) Kayako's CGI face shows up on the window to scare her, followed by her own CGI reflection, which is twice as scary.
1: It looks so fucking stupid. I just oh it's ridiculous it's ridiculous it looks really bad um just yeah it's so obvious it's not Sarah Michelle Gellis reflection (laughs) in
0: a window um and that's one of the new things that one of the very few new things that was added in yeah (laughs) yeah She goes home and gets in the shower when a hand appears at the back of her head. Whilst filming this infamous scene, Sarah Michelle Gellar discovered she was allergic to Japanese water as it caused her skin to itch. Oh no. So, as to properly film the scene safely, she would dress up in black hefty bin bags from the waist down and in a little tube top. Oh no. Bless her. 10 million budget and you couldn't make a fake shower
1: allergic to
0: it's camp I hope I'm not <laughs> when we
1: go to visit Japan I hope I'm not allergic to the Japanese water no. but secretly you want to be like Sarah
0: Michelle Geller so well, there are other ways to be like Sarah Michelle Geller <laughs> I just the thought of Sarah Michelle Geller in bin bags on the tube top it's high camp <laughs> whilst leaving work Alex is killed by Yoko's jawless corpse which looks better here I will say yeah yeah it looks a little better uh, Karen researches the house with a quick Google search and a visit to Peter's wife, Maria. Maria, as woke up that morning, she decided to serve cunt. I, I really don't understand. There's no reason. No reason to why she should be slaying this hard. Completely unexpected midday
1: slay. She's
0: in a red dress, mm. too much makeup, drag queen level, and big hair. And she honestly it is crimped she is there in that flat on her own yeah. middle of the day and just slaying
1: she's got a shoulder out it's yeah. asymmetrical the dress um I, I don't i don't understand why yeah but i'm living for it
0: um <laughs> karen says this may sound strange but i don't think your husband wanted to die so maria lights a cigarette takes a puff <laughs> looks at her and says and why would he throw himself out of the window? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even throw himself out, out of did. the window. It was the fucking balcony. He threw himself off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> She's moving on with her life. She doesn't even remember how he died. Yeah, She has moved on with her life. She doesn't give a shit. She'd have thrown him off. She just wants to slay. She shows Karen a picture from their first date where she wasn't slaying. She was dressed like Where's Wally? <laughs> <laughs> Before handing her a bunch of other pictures, all of which contain Kyako stalking peter fucking terrible stalker considering she ended up in all of their pictures and there is a lot of photos (laughs) how was she always there when does she go home to her family when when does she go home and get murdered how does she have time
1: time.
0: (laughs) and why did they not notice earlier (laughs) i know know. Um, one okay two coincidence three uh, still a coincidence when you get to four or five photos like okay Maybe she'll walk up to him and be like, why are you here? And also, who is with them taking these photos? These aren't selfies. It's true. Why it's have they got true. their own personal photographer? Well, you,
1: know, you never know when it will come in handy.
0: <laughs> flashback, to, we get a flashback to Peter, visiting the house in a scene that remakes the start of The Curse, when Kabayashi discovers Toshio and he and meows behind him. Great. Good recreation. Yeah. Um, Karen confronts Nakagawa, who explains that three of his colleagues investigating the Sayaki deaths were all consumed by the curse. That night, Nakagawa carries gasoline into the house to burn it down, but is killed by Takeo, who drowns him in the bathtub. Yeah. Which is a little different. It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah, reminded this is still a PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> um, after learning that Doug has ventured to the Sayaki house to look for her... Karen races there in a scene feels a little familiar mm. of a white blonde woman mm. and her boyfriend with slightly long hair, looks mm. a bit like Jared Padalecki, mm. and about to uncover a curse. Oh. She's racing there to stop him. Um, Where have we seen that before? I don't know. Could it be Naomi Watts? It was Naomi Watts in the <laughs> ring, When she arrives, she has a flashback to Peter finding Kayako's journals about him as well as her corpse, which falls from the attic, followed by a vision of Toshio playing with his father's hanging corpse. And another flashback to Takeo killing Kayako, Toshio and Ma with the same cinematography as when it happened in the previous one, which we didn't talk about, and I purposely didn't talk about it. We're going to save that for when we uh, discuss cinematography. But Sarah Michelle Gellar walking around in this flashback. is camp. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah. I don't know why she... She could have just had the flashback like she did earlier. She yeah, didn't have to she's walk around. She's the house. <laughs> and there's a moment where like he reaches out and touches her, but it's someone else. It's like, oh, stop it. <laughs> um, the flashbacks end, and Karen finds Doug paralysed and attempts to flee with him. But in... It's still a very effective scene, but not quite as good as the previous two. Kayako crawls down the stairs and latches onto Doug, who dies of shock. Due to American violence ratings and the commitment to PG-13, the off-screen implication that Takeo repeatedly stabbed Kayako with a box cutter was emitted from the film. This is why she's covered in blood in the iconic staircase sequence, the scene where she... Well, scene where he drags her body across the house Whilst holding a box, box cutter Was return, returned In the uh, director's cut Which is the version we watched oh. The snapping and popping sounds That accompany the appearance of Kayako uh, Were made with a hair comb Oh I thought it was a bowl of Rice Krispies yeah. As Kayako closes in Karen sees the gasoline And ignites it She survives Because mm-hmm. she's Sarah Michelle Geller. And in the hospital, she learns that the house also survived the fire.
1: She survived because she's Sarah Michelle Geller? Yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller always dies in horror films. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think about
0: that. <laughs> well, there's no evidence. Um, Sorry, spoiler alert for I Know What You Did Last Summer in Scream 2. Yeah. Still waiting for it to come back. Everyone can survive anything in 90s slasher films. Apparently. Visiting Doug's body, Karen realises that she's still haunted by Kayako as she appears behind her for one last scare. But there is an alternative ending where Karen is recovered from the burning home and wheeled into an ambulance where she has another vision of the family, seeing them enter in their home with Toshio's new pet cat. Toshio then looks back at Karen in the ambulance before Kayako calls for him. This ending was scrapped because it spoiled Karen's survival of the house fire for the audience. And because the test audiences were confused and thought it was a happy ending. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah, <laughs> And that's The Grudge 2004. It's silly.
1: It's it's fun. My my problem, and I, I'm going to tell you the few problems that I have with it. Because I don't think it's ultimately a bad film. No. Um, I think the best parts of it were taken directly from... The previous film. The, yeah. the previous film. But... For me, the fact that it's set in Japan renders the whole thing a little pointless, in my my opinion, as it pretty much just follows the same story as the previous film and doesn't, in my opinion, fully embrace Japanese culture anyway. No. So it might as well have just been made in America. Yeah. So it's essentially saying that a Western audience is too dumb to read subtitles and it annoys me that Karen our main character Mm -hmm. isn't fully integrating herself into Japanese culture. And it it just... I don't see the point of it. And I think, ultimately, that's my issue. And I I said earlier, maybe I was a little harsh, you know, because, you know, not everyone is capable of of reading subtitles the same way that other people are. No, but some people are straight-up ignorant. Yeah, I do understand that. But I feel that's why dubs exist. You know, it, it could have been a dubbed version... Of Juan the grudge. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. The filmmakers want to make money. Obviously. Because yeah. it's show business. It's business. Um, So they think. Well we might as well just do a remake of it. Mm-hmm. And chuck a load of Americans. Into Japan. Yeah. You know. Sarah Michelle Gellar gets a holiday. <laughs> it's a cute yeah. little holiday. You know, rather than bringing the director over to America and see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just. You might as well have just made an American
0: version of it. But whilst they do that, though, it gives them the ability to keep um, Kyako and Toshio in the film. And I think they're such an iconic part of the previous film that it's good to have them there.
1: Yes. I think another issue that I have, and it's, it's not necessarily the film's fault, is that I've now seen this three times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I know the scares. I know what to expect mm-hmm. and it's for me it wasn't scary or tense because I already knew it all. Yeah. Um so for me that it's completely pointless. And also just going off what you said, I feel like the idea that Peter goes to live in Japan mm-hmm. is essentially stalked and then his stalker's <laughs> husband brutally murders her and their child mm-hmm. before haunting and killing other white people. To me, it feels a little iffy, Mm. and I I understand it's you know people involved were Japanese and the director was Japanese, but and I don't think it's a deliberate thing, but it feels like white people have gone over to Japan and the Mm -hmm. Japanese people are horrible to them. (laughs) I just feel it feels a little iffy, like all the Japanese people in the film are the bad guys. Yeah, no, I get,
0: I do get that, but I don't think that was the intention.
1: I don't feel it's the intention. And this is, and, and again, my biggest problem is the fact that it shouldn't have been set in Japan. Yeah, yeah.
0: It shouldn't have. Um, Or it should have been, but with Japanese characters.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then it's like... Or and then Sarah you Michelle get Gellar embracing like it. Yeah. Yeah, or, or yeah, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar was the only... Westerner mm-hmm. in the film and she was more integrated yeah. into Japanese culture. D- do you know what I mean? I, don't I, mean, mean, I know I don't it, it may me sound like I'm being a little picky or um, sort of making something out of nothing. But to me, just for the whole thing, I was like, okay, well, this is set in Japan. Where are the Japanese people? Yeah. Where are the interesting Japanese people, mm-hmm. should, I, should I say? Um, because they were over. Killers, or just on the side, you know. Yeah. Just, and I, I, wish we would have seen a little more of that. Mm-hmm. A little more of the Japanese culture within the film.
0: Yeah. I thought it's fine. It's all right. It's. Uh, I remember I liked it a lot more when it first came out, and mm-hmm. it had been a while since I'd watched the original. Um. But yeah, it's just fine. It's good for a bit of throwaway fun. Yeah. But if you want to be really scared, then watch the original. I wouldn't watch them back-to-back. No. Well, let's get into the awards. First up, we have Cinematography, Scares, Kills, and Soundtrack. So, uh, She Won the Curse was a very low budget, and Mm -hmm. it does show. Yeah. Looking like a straight-to-video film slash home video, which adds to the creepiness. I I actually think. think it helped. I actually do think it helped, the low budget. And... There's a creepy score when it is used, but a lot of the film is actually silent, which also helps, mm-hmm. I think. Um as far as kills go, most Don't of these. Don't forget films the random R and B banger. And the R&B banger, yes, that is a plus. <laughs> the the kills across all three are mostly off screen, but kind of still effective in a way. I mean, like the whole Black Christmas homage, I really appreciate that. That works. Um The Grudge, Jew on the Grudge. At the start, that cinematography really scared me the first time I watched it i, I it's a, a great example of how cinematography can be used to great effect for a scare because it's so gritty and dirty and again like the curse but in black and white and you've got him chewing his fingernails mm. and it's just it just doesn't it feels horrible it just it's really disturbing. Um, But then it goes from that to looking like a soap opera for the rest of the film, which I thought was really interesting. And for me, it really works because it kind of makes the scares more jarring when Mm. they happen because it's unsuspecting. It's a bright film. It's a bright film and it looks like a soap opera.
1: Mm. It didn't look glossy. No. I felt and I think sometimes it kind of you lose a bit of the mm. realism when a film is too glossy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think it's got a really great soundtrack as well. And I would say it is the the middle is the scariest of the three. Um kills, again, they're kind of interchangeable. Um but yeah, scares wise a hundred percent this middle one. The yeah. executed the best. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I agree with a lot what you said. I I appreciated the fact that the the re the American remake, uh, the Grudge two thousand four. Um, I appreciated that it was nighttime and I could see. Yeah. Love that. Um, even though you know, and it's still clearly nighttime. I also love the fact that it didn't look like a new metal music. Video. That is a very refreshing oh, change for, for two thousand and four. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It did not look like. Marilyn Manson was going to pop out at any second, um, which would have been the biggest scare, to be honest. Um, yeah, the scares, the scares are very effective. Again, for all three, I was very aware of what was mm-hmm. going to happen, and I think that does ruin it a little bit. Not the film's fault, mm-hmm. um, but obviously, Juan on the Grudge has probably the most iconic ones. Yeah. Um, kills mainly off screen. Um, I think the the, the uh Jew on the Grudge or the Grudge is better mm-hmm. because it doesn't have the fetus in the bag. Yes. So you know, props to them for that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the soundtrack. I I was getting a Nightmare on Elm Street with uh the 2004. American remake yeah. two thousand and four. Um. I do think it was better than, um, no, I don't think it was better than uh, Joan the Grudge in no,
0: 2002. No, it's not, it's not a score in 2004.
1: I, did, I didn't think it was t- terrible. I didn't, I didn't. I appreciated the lack of a soundtrack with the curse. Yeah. Um, I feel like Joan the Grudge 2002. <laughs> I've used, to, I've described it so many different ways. <laughs> I'm just going to say 2002 from now on because uh-huh. people are going to get fed up of it. I feel like 2002 um, was somewhere in the middle. I think it made yeah. effective use of no soundtrack and effective use mm-hmm. of a soundtrack.
0: Yeah. So I appreciate that. I thought 2004 in regards to scares, was just too goofy to be scary. Yeah. And again, you know, you already know what's coming. Yeah. Um, the scariest scene is probably the same one that's the scariest scene in all of them. Um, but I appreciated the throwback to the cinematography from the start mm. of um, the previous film. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, all of them, for me, it goes to the one that did it best, and that's uh, Jill and the Grudge. Um,
1: I. Yeah, do you know what? I completely agree, actually. Yeah.
0: I, I do think that um, 2002 wins in all those categories. So, um, on to characters. We're going to do something a little unconventional now for these episodes. Um, it's difficult to compare characters in these films because they vary so much between the three of them. Some have larger parts and others, and it just kind of wouldn't be fair. So if we do it as a whole mm. for the characters and cast, yeah. um, then we'll give the awards that way. So just given some of the main cast members um, across all three, we have Takako Fuji as Keiko Sayeki. And across all three, we have Takashi Matsuyama as Takeo Sayaki, the husband. Um, And in the original, we have Ryota Koyama as Toshio. And uh, in the 2002 and 2004 films, we have Yuya Ozeki as Toshio. So when we get into uh, some of, main characters, shall we say, we've got Yuri Yanagi as Shunsukei Kabayashi, Chiaki Kuriyama as Mizuo Tamura, Hitomi Miwa as Yuki, and Asumi Miwa as Kana Murakami in The Curse. In Ju-on The Grudge, we have Megumi Okina as Rika, we have Misa Huhera as Izumi. We have Misaki Ito as Hitomi. And we have Yui Ichikawa as Chiharu. And then in the 2004 film, we have Sarah Michelle Geller as Karen Davis. Jason... <laughs> 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 the whitest people you know I was going to say Pleasure
1: and Your pronunciations were great um, Thanks. Well, I, I mean As much as my opinion Japanese listeners means, please. I, I was going to say I was like, My opinion was... doesn't actually mean much On that one Because I could be dead bit wrong a, as well Bit of a breather but...
0: um, For this <laughs> yeah. one Jason Bear as Doug <laughs> Doug William Mappifer as Matt, Matt. Clea DeVoe as Jennifer, Jennifer. And At uh, Katie Strickland as Susan. And of of course, Grace Sabrinsky as Emma. Bill Pullman as Peter. And Rosa Blassie as Maria. There we go. So, (laughs) yeah. I (laughs) The cast in The Curse. uh, 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 Fine. Okay. I think it's fine. I, I, I think... The budget shows. Yes, I mean, consistently, Takako Fuji and Takashi uh, Matsuyama, Matsuyama across all three, solid. Yeah. He is, yeah. Takashi Matsuyama, he is so creepy as Takeo, Uh-huh. And uh, Takako Fuji is iconic as Kayako. She doesn't get as much screen time in 2004, um, sadly. But I feel like 2002 is the one where she really shines. But she does a really good job in the original as well um And as for Toshio, I think The Kid and the, uh, the Curse is a good job, but for me, I think the better one is Yuya Ozeki in 2002 2004. I think he's fantastic. I
1: feel like between the films, there's not much that differentiates between them. If no. I'm being perfectly honest uh with any of those three characters, and ultimately, that's the centerpiece of the film. Yeah, that's the reason for the season. That, that's why these things are happening. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't need to change. Um, I think they do a great job. Mm-hmm. I think they are, um, adequately creepy. Mm-hmm. And they they don't. You know, it's not acting. It it's not. Um, like, well, there are no speaking. Is there There's no, no speaking from no. any of them? It's a
0: physicality. And they do that well, really well. I mean, there is for Takeo in the curse because mm. obviously Fierce.
1: Oh yes, of
0: course. I mean, it's, but even a yeah. speaking part is really creepy. Um, yeah. So, but,
1: but I feel like the the purpose, um, particularly for um, Kiyako, um, it's to a phys- show, yeah, yeah, it's a physicality. Yeah, yeah. It's a look. It's a very yeah. visual performance. And I think they do extremely mm-hmm. well between all three. So it, it's a difficult one there because they're kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. But they're so good at it yeah. that, you know, that's why they were asked to return.
0: Yeah. Ultimately, I think you on the Grudge for performances and for interesting characters wins mm. because they're kind of one dimensional in Jew on the Curse. Yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. they kinda of don't get enough in the Grudge two thousand and four. Whilst performances are absolutely fine in 2004, you know, I mean, Sarah Michelle Geller does the absolute best. Grace, I think Grace Sabrinsey is great in a small role. Um, you know, it's fine. But then in During the Grudge, it feels like everyone gets proper development as much as they can within small roles. And I think the performances are great across the board.
1: I'm going to be brutally honest. I feel that in all three films, character development could have been more. Yeah. I could have had a little bit more of the characters about who they are and mm-hmm. what they're about. I feel like in 2004, they tried. Yeah. And I feel like they probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Because if you're just going to give me a little snippet, I'd rather you don't. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to do it properly, don't do it at all. Yeah. Um, I do feel like in 2002, we got more. Mm-hmm. I liked... Um, Rika as yeah. a character I liked her interactions with the other characters mm-hmm. and I feel like we learned a lot about her yeah. because of that and mm-hmm. she we we knew her to be a good character yeah. and, and a good person, a good egg as they would mm-hmm. say and I previously said um, so I did appreciate that yes. and I, I do feel like the characters were a little more interesting in 2002 I, yeah. I completely
0: so, with that being said, there's one film in the lead, but I've got a few more to give out. Biggest yes. Queen, I give it to Rika in 2002.
1: Did you? I also wanted to, because I liked her, but i I got to give it to Sarah Michelle Gellar. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love me some Sarah Michelle Geller, And also, I knew that I was going to vote for 2002 for everything else. So. Did you? But not everything else. Not everything else. Biggest leading up until this
0: point, should I say. Biggest gasp I have given it to uh Kyoko coming down the stairs to Rika in two thousand
1: and two. Um, I personally gave it to the fetus stuff from the curse. Yeah. Because it was a gasp because I hadn't seen it. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Um did I appreciate it? No. But yeah. it was a gasp because it
0: shocked me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um it could have easily been the same for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, best dialogue I gave it to This may sound strange, but I don't think your husband wanted to die. Then why would he <laughs> throw himself out of the window? I completely agree. It's it's I have
1: to say, it's not the three films aren't exactly um quotable. No. Let's let's put it that way. They're not exactly quotable. The dialogue isn't the main point. They're all very visual films. Um, so that was the standout for me because number one, it's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) The delivery was hilarious and it was camp.
0: (laughs) Um, and that's camp. Is that your that's camp? No, there was something that out camped it. For me, um, it's Maria's outfit in 2004, but that's a tie with... (laughs) Uh, Kyoko's psychic visit to the house where she next half a bottle of uh, sake, spits it out to show the house is haunted and then leaves. Oh, the yeah.
1: <laughs> that was good. I gave it to Sarah Michelle Gellar's CGI reflection in the bus window <laughs> after uh, the Kyoko bus window jump scare. <laughs> that
0: That's very deserved. Do you know what it yeah. was
1: giving? Do you know what it was giving? Um, oh, Like when old people... Put their photos in like the clouds <laughs> and post it on Facebook.
0: Yeah.
1: I was given that, but a little a slightly more glamorous. She actually looked very glamorous uh-huh. in it as well, which is even camp because it's like she's like dressed in like scrubs, so you know, and, and then, but then she's like really serving facially mm-hmm. in this reflection. CGI reflections. It's, yeah. it's it's high camp. It's the it's the main reason you should watch the uh, two thousand
0: and four it film. <laughs> uh, and it's actually surprisingly close. But the winner is two thousand and two. Do you the Grudge? Of course. So for ratings, I give Do You the Curse eight nineties R and B and Siggy combos out of ten. I give the Grudge 2002 10 helping hands in the shower out of ten. Excuse me. (laughs) I give The Grudge 2004 six ghost journals with feminine handwriting out of 10.
1: (laughs) My ratings I give Juan the Curse seven nosy tutors out of 10. I give Juan the uh, Grudge eight Claudia Winkleman fringes out of 10. Iconic Claudia Winkleman fringes if you've been watching The Traitors. And I give The Grudge 2004 Six words written in a distinctly feminine way... For fuck's sake! ...out of ten. Of
0: course! (laughs) What else? What else? Well, I was originally going to go with ugly jumpers with big collars. Yeah. So, if you want to find the films, The Curse is on Blu-ray, Video On Demand, and Arrow Player. 2002 is on Blu-ray, DVD, 4K, Video On Demand, and Arrow Player. And 2004 is just on DVD and Video On Demand. You can get the Arrow box set with all of the original Japanese films in it. And... Highly recommend doing so. Mm. We're making our way through them, aren't we? Yes. Slowly. If you enjoyed the original, I recommend checking out Ringu. I completely agree. If you enjoyed Jew on the Grudge, I recommend checking out Pulse. I recommend checking out Ringu. Again? Yeah, of course. And if you enjoyed the American remake, then I recommend The Ring. The Ring. The American remake, yeah. and it's
1: just yeah, it's obvious, but it's obvious for a reason. And it's better. Yes, yeah, yeah. If you enjoyed this, you're gonna love the ring.
0: Yeah. So, uh, that is this month's version versus remake done. Feels weird about having the best and worst of the month, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, give us a right review. Well, what would
1: you say would be your best of the
0: month? Oh, it would be all of the strangers. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. yeah.
1: Mine would be Zone of Interest. Oh, there we go. Thanks for asking. Well, wow. we weren't doing the section. But... <laughs> yeah, but wait, for the whole month. The whole month. That's interesting. Or Elizabeth Taylor in London.
0: <laughs> we are Horror Trash Over on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, Horror Trash on Twitter. I'm DelatGaz92 on Letterboxd. Gazmo205 on Instagram and GasChris92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Parker, 823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And we're also Gas Power Festival across all social media. We are edging closer to that lineup excuse, announcement. Excuse me. Give us a rate, review, subscribe. So hands in the shower. Oh, no. Give us a rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, like and follow on everything else. Next month's Original Versus Remake. And don't
1: forget to search your ex-boyfriend. Yes, thank you. On Spotify you. and on Apple Music. Yes. Didn't hear it from me. You um, heard it
0: from me. <laughs> Next month for Original Versus Remake. It's... uh a new sister episode to original vs. remake that we like to call adaptation versus adaptation and why is that Gary because we are talking about both adaptations of stephen king's pet cemetery yes and uh, yeah so, adaptation versus adaptation opens it up a lot more for us yeah we've been a little
1: pedantic yeah um to prevent maybe some of us being pedantic about these things <laughs> So, it's not a remake, it's an adaptation of yes. the same source novel. Yeah. But we'll be doing exactly the same it's thing. It's exactly the same thing. It's <laughs> the, the exact same format. It's going to be exactly That's... the same format as Original versus Remake.
0: And on Tuesday, um, because <laughs> February is, of course, Women in Horror Month <clears> on this podcast, <throat> February will be What Lies Beneath. Uh... Michelle Pfeiffer Serving Cunt With a capital C It's fucking camp Harrison Ford's in it It's an erotic thriller Kind of With ghosts You're not ready
1: I'm so excited I've never seen it before Um, I feel it's gonna be a highlight
0: I last watched it when I was 11 And I was obsessed oh, Okay <laughs> We'll be back Same time, same place next week Bye Bye